Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington. And in this episode, it's a bit of a hodgepodge. Is that the right word? I'm going to talk a little bit about goals, kind of a theme from the last episode where I talked about the case study to grow a site that's been neglected by adding something like 320,000 words of content. I'll talk a little bit about something that's impacting me a lot right now, and that's dry January. That's right. I haven't had a drink in almost a week at this point after, uh, gosh, I'm going to have to say roughly two to three years of drinking 99% of the days, probably two to three beers. That's a lot of calories when you add it up. And when I say it out loud, it it actually sounds like a lot. And then there were many other days where I drank more than three. So cleaning up my act a little bit, at least for one month here. And I'll talk about that a little bit. I also have a little bit of an announcement with, well, I'll, I'll save it. And then there's some other random stuff, of course. And probably the biggest portion is going to be emails that were sent in, a couple questions that were sent in, and one success story, one sort of smaller success story that I want to share um, that spans back all the way to like June of 2019 or so. So let's get into it. Number one, I'm going to give a little bit of an update on the Shotgun Skyscraper campaign that Niche Website Builders is running for me. They have been working with me for I think it's uh, five months now. Is that right? One, two, yeah, four. I think four, four and a half to five months, roughly, depending on how you're counting it. Currently, there are 51 links built from that campaign, and the average domain rating is 47.6. And I think there may be a few more links that were uh, built in the last, you know, week or two. It's just past the first of the year here. So I think uh, they could be catching up from days off over the holidays and that sort of thing. They have been sending quite a few emails. Um, uh, On my dashboard here, I see they're sending roughly uh, 175 to 200 per day. And I recently looked at the domain rating for my website on Hrefs and it's about 46, which is pretty cool because it was a brand new site, no backlinks, and when they started working on it, and that was roughly in August. So August, September, October, November, December, yep, so they completed five months for me and I have the budget plan. So the interesting thing is traffic is still pretty sparse on the site even though we got plenty of backlinks and publishing more content. And hopefully I'll have some you know, good news when it comes out of the sandbox. But I was chatting with my friend Ron the other day and he, he was like, yeah, you know, for some of these more competitive niches, I may give it you know, eight to 10 months before I'm expecting you know, much traffic at all. And really I give a site a year before I pay too much attention. So that is kind of the, the long-term game. And it's a more competitive niche. It's something that I can be involved with for several years and I'll be interested in it. And you know, I'm happy to see where it goes, even if it's a bit of a slow start. 
All right. So thanks to Niche Website Builders. And they, they do sponsor the Q&A segment, which I'll come around to uh, later in the episode. So let's talk about goals. And I think, you know, maybe my statements in the last episode were a little unclear, maybe a little disjointed. Basically, with these uh, goals that, you know, we may be tempted to set, like, hey, I want to make $10,000 per month in 2020. And if you make that goal, that's fantastic. It's quite inspiring. It's perhaps, you know, depending on your, your framing, maybe it's easier to reach or harder to reach than you think it is. But I mean, I got to tell you, most people are going to be capable of doing that. It may be very hard. You may have to connect some dots that you haven't connected before. Many of the steps are very simple. You probably, if you listen to this podcast, know how to do all the steps already. And, you know, just generically, I'm not saying it's affiliate marketing or a podcast or YouTube or anything super specific, but probably you have the skills that you need, or at least you know of the skills. Maybe you haven't executed them yet. But the thing is, most of those little tasks are fairly easy. Most of them you could probably do in 45 minutes, or you could break them down into something that you can do in about an hour. The hard part is doing all of the steps that are actually required and doing them in the right order. Very important to get them in the right order. If you mix things up, sometimes you miss a prerequisite that will kind of goof everything up at the end of the day, and you may not realize that you skipped it if you are just beginning. Anyway, the point is, if you make a big goal like, hey, make 10K per month, that's fantastic. The really important part is to break it down into smaller steps so that you have something that you can execute each week, each day. Everyone's on limited time, no matter how busy or not busy you are. Everyone has the same number of hours per day. So it's really important that you're focusing on the exact right thing, doing things in the right order and you know not not skipping around because you're you're bored doing a thing or it's harder than you thought it was going to be or if you get stuck i mean people get stuck all the time i get stuck or just flat out would rather do something else and sometimes you just have to go and do it so if you can break down your your uh, overall goal into smaller tasks it's going to be far more manageable because of course if you just make a goal to hit a certain revenue amount per month, I mean, wh- what do you do? What you sit down to work? You're like, I got two hours that I could work on this, uh, you know, goal of mine today. What do I do? And it's really easy to do research, <laughs> and then go down a rabbit hole of content where you're actually more confused when you finished about what to work on. Again, super easy to do, no matter where you're doing your research, because I mean, even if you're like reading a blog post to do your research, you may end up on YouTube or listening to podcasts, which are great. I obviously spend a lot of time consuming and producing both of those things, but it's a really easy way to get distracted. They are both filled with, you know, sort of different uh, success stories or options and more decisions that you need to make. And that's why you potentially would be more confused when you finish that research. So again, really important to break it down, 
don't get sucked into a rabbit hole. And you should think about how, oh man, one of those days where I, uh, I actually made some notes here and then I started a sentence. I didn't know how I was going to finish it. So let's, let's get this back on track. Oh, right. So once you have your bigger goal broken down into smaller tasks, there's two things to remember. Number one, that's your system. I refer to system goals, which, you know, I didn't make up that idea. I think I was first exposed to it from Scott Adams, the creator of Dilbert, and he's been on uh, the Tim Ferriss podcast a couple times, and then I've read a few of his books. Basically, setting up a system is a much better way, especially if you're looking at, you know, quote, success. If you just execute the system and you're happy with producing the uh, you know, output, whatever it may be, then you'll be able to be successful. You'll feel good about it. And at the end of the day, if you start a project, you implement the system that you believe is right. Hopefully it is a project that will help you out in the future. Maybe you build some skills around a certain area, for example, keyword research and writing content, or maybe you expand your network so you know more people in a certain area and then opportunities will rise out of that. So you may not have reached your 10K per month goal, but maybe you reached, I'm just going to make something up, maybe you reached 4,000 per month and you were making zero per month on the side. So that's obviously very good. And now you have a handful of skills that are quite useful and maybe you've made some new friends in an area where opportunities will rise in the future. And that is really what happened, you know, with me if I look back and place a narrative around some of the big areas, uh, some of the big things that I worked on, you know, starting back in 2013, 2014, I I didn't necessarily have any opportunities like fall in my lap, but over time after I met more and more people, I, I am able to work on projects with people. I'm able to, you know, ping somebody that maybe wouldn't have talked to me before because I started on a project like niche site project. And then I'm able to reach out to folks and have like more opportunities. So the grand point here is with the goals, it's fine to set some monetary or traffic or some, you know, big goal as a starting point. That's a great place to start. After that, break it down into smaller pieces, little pieces of work that you can work on, and then execute the system. It's really good to keep your head down executing the system and not get too caught up with analytics, for example, or those lagging indicators that let you know that you have been doing the right thing because you're getting the positive results. Or if you're doing the wrong thing, you got to look at those lagging indicators to say, okay this isn't working how I thought it was going to, where do I need to adjust? Is there anything that is working that I can do more of? Can I identify something that is clearly not working and hopefully do less of it? So that's kind of how I look at my, my uh, goals and the, the work that I'm doing. I also usually don't look at the full year. I think a few episodes back, I was like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm not even setting annual goals. I really haven't done that. I'm not a resolution kind of person. Usually I'll do stuff in the middle of the year. <laughs> Usually I'll just get some idea and I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to try that. Turns out dry January works out well <laughs> with 
the uh, shorter shorter daylight and that sort of thing, which I'll I'll talk more about dry January in a second. So if you have any questions on those goals or setting up those systems, or if you disagree, if you think, hey, you're way off, you should set goals in a different way, uh, let me know. I think it'll be a great conversation and, you know, maybe I can go off in a different direction. Maybe I've mis- misspoken a couple of ways here. But I think it's been working out well for me. I, I work pretty good in the system sort of format. And usually, I mean, things are going okay. So I'm pretty happy with it. Next week, I'm launching Multi-Profit Site. That's my flagship course out there. And if you're listening to this in the future, there's a good chance you'll still be able to get over to Multi-Profit Site somehow. But the dates in which... uh well, basically, I'm launching it next week. So it's January 11th through the 15th. That's Monday through Friday. I like doing my launches during that period. Multi-profit site is a proven framework. And I teach techniques and strategies that work. It's repeatable. I've broken down the process into easy-to-follow, step-by-step lessons that allow you to walk through each of the phases for creating a profitable site, earning from affiliate sources and display ads. So multi-profit site is all about earning from multiple sources of income. I have a couple of great uh, examples. I mean, I guess they're going to be coming out on the podcast, but it'll be after the course launch just because of my publishing schedule. But if you're on my email list, you will hear some of those stories like from Christy. You'll hear about Garav as well. And they're doing you know very well, basically making uh, 5K and 10K respectively per month or at least as of December of 2020. So this stuff works and it currently works. For this launch, I'll be adding a few, I guess, new bonuses that weren't available before, haven't been available in the past. So pretty excited to add that in the mix. So look out for that next week, multi-profit site. This episode is brought to you by Ezoic. Ezoic is a Google certified partner and they've recently rolled out their new site speed accelerator. Basically, it speeds up your, your site. It makes it load faster and you really see a huge improvement most of the time with the Google PageSpeed Insight score. Now, if you already have a high page insight score, then it's not going to go up as much, but I had experience with uh, one of my sites. Basically, it went from the high 20s, low 30s to the high 90s just by implementing the Site Speed Accelerator. Now, a few people have asked me about using Ezoic and basically using their DNS. The best way you can use the Site Speed Accelerator and Ezoic in general is to use their DNS. And the reason why is you're able to use their caching and their CDN. That's a content delivery network. Basically, those are services. Those are things you would typically have to pay for separately, but it's included with the site speed accelerator. There's a free seven day trial. So I encourage you to check it out. And pe- again, people are concerned about using the DNS of some other third party. But basically, if you use a CDN, that is what you do. That That's like the thing that happens. If you use a CDN, you have to use another DNS and things are loading sort of outside of your normal 
registrar and your hosting account, but it helps your site load faster. So it's sort of implicit. And I do it myself, so I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't worry about it too much. If you're using a CDN, then you're using other uh, servers to load your site anyway. This is a site speed accelerator, so you need to use caching in the CDN. Thus, you have a much faster loading site. So there's no harm in checking out the free seven-day trial. And thanks again to Ezoic. Let's talk about dry January now. It is about six days in, and the last time I had a drink was on New Year's Eve, which I actually only had like two beers that day. So it wasn't like a a day where I was like, all right, I'm going to drink as much as I can because I'm not going to uh, drink for 31 days. And there was a few things that I thought were going to happen. One, I usually lose a little bit of fat. I usually don't lose weight specifically, um, but it depends if I'm working out hard or not. And the biggest thing that I was looking for is to sleep better. And I I usually sleep pretty good, but it's kind of a battle of self-medication where I have caffeine in the morning and then maybe a little too much, but I've been trying to cut back and not have caffeine after about noon. And then in the evening, anytime after say 4 p.m., there's a good chance I've grabbed a beer. I have a kegerator here. There's tons of good breweries around and I may have a bunch of, a bunch of cans in the fridge as well. So having a few beers is just kind of, you know, one of those things, you know, once I hit the end of the day, I'm like, ah, I've worked out already. I've got a good day's work in and it'd be great to have a cold one. So it's just a habit. It's been a habit. So I've been sleeping awesome. I've been getting roughly eight hours. It took a couple days to like even out, um, I guess like to have my system re- return to uh, some healthier state, but I've been getting about eight hours. I think in the, the first couple of days, I didn't sleep as soundly through the full night, but basically I, I still slept about eight hours and I have like an Apple watch. So I have pretty good metrics and data over the past couple years or so. And I think it'll be really clear <laughs> once I get through the full month. Now, one one funny thing is I, I've i done this a couple times. I think I did a dry January a few years ago, and then I did uh, like a dry April. I think my wife was going to not drink, so I did a dry April. The funny thing is I've always timed my annual physicals, which I don't do annually. I think, do they recommend it like every two years now? Or maybe that's just what they told me for some reason or another. Anyway, I'm going to have a physical right after this uh, dry January. So it's like cramming for a test. It's sort of like cheating, I guess, but we'll see how it goes. And and normally, I mean, the last time I had a physical, it was a couple of years ago and I, I didn't do a dry January, but my, my cholesterol was lower, which was great to see. Typically my, my family history is high cholesterol and I was creeping up for years and my, my weight was going a little higher and, you know, everyone was shrugging saying, oh, you know what, that's, uh, that's just what happens. Uh, it's in your family history, you get a little older and then your cholesterol goes up. Well, it turns out everyone in my family that experienced that, well, they ate like crap. They didn't exercise enough 
and they weren't very, yeah, they just weren't disciplined with what they were eating. Generally, I think it had something to do with how they were eating and what they were eating. And I, I do some pretty good amount of intermittent fasting fairly often. And since I started that, my cholesterol is much, much lower. So anyway, after this dry January, uh, probably right in early February, I'll get a physical. Hopefully I'll have uh, really good numbers. The other thing that I've noticed just with my Apple Watch data, the health data that I have, my quote resting heart rate or whatever my heart rate is reported while sleeping is going down. So I could see that. I knew that was an issue because when I had say more than three beers in in a day, in an evening, my heart rate was definitely elevated by, you know, probably like 10%. I I didn't run the numbers, but yeah, I think roughly like 10% or so enough where I can see that it was elevated for that particular night. And then if I just had like one or two beers, I may not even notice, but I can see it's kind of dropping. A few years ago, I used to run a lot more. I used to do a lot more cardio. And I think my resting heart rate was lower than low 50s, maybe high 40s most of the time. I, I don't do as much cardio right now. I have this nagging Achilles issue. So it's been uh, sort of bogging me down and I try not to run on it or get it too inflamed. So I haven't, I haven't quite figured out the right cardio for myself. It may just be hiking up in the mountains where you're going a you know long ass hike. You're going uphill. You're not going fast. You're not beating up your Achilles too much. And I know the last, last big hike that I went on, I think my heart rate was the equivalent of what a run would be for on average. So something like 140 uh, beats per minute, 150, something like that. It was in the 140 range. So great workout, especially going up, going down. It's not, obviously you're going down. So it's not as strenuous, but a good workout and, you know, they can go a lot longer and hopefully not beat up your your body and pound your joints as much. Anyway, dry January has been great. I think ideally when I come out of this, I would love to lower my fat percentage. Got a little soft, got a little soft over the uh, quarantine period, you know, just didn't, didn't eat as well, probably drank a little bit more and I wasn't exercising in the same way. So I guess when I checked my, I have one of those scales that'll tell you your fat percentage. I think it was about, it's read, it's been reading about 16%. And I think, oh, sadly, if I remember right in like 2019 or so, it was in the 13% range. So definitely crept up and I could tell, like I said, I look a little softer and I can do something about it. This is probably a good opportunity to reset, and recalibrate. Let's get to some emails here. And these Q&As are sponsored by Niche Website Builders. As I mentioned, they have a shotgun skyscraper campaign that they are running for me. They're doing a great job with it. Very hands-off. It's a great dashboard. And they're also publishing 20,000 words of content for me, which is really cool. And that's each month. They're hitting me with 20,000 more words. They have a few more services that they've added on. They can do some guest posting and some other link building for you. Highly recommend you check them out if you're looking 
to outsource with uh, you know a company that you can rely on. So thanks to niche website builders. First email is from Sam. I'll say Sam K. You'll know who you are. And back in June of 2019, Sam sent me an email and said, hey, three months after starting a site, I made my first sale and it was registered back in March of 2019. And he sent me a screenshot where he made $3.75 in, I guess, within three months, which is pretty cool. And he, I guess over time, I'm looking at the email thread, Sam has sent me 38 emails and it was amazing to hear, Hey, you know, he, he hit, he hit that first sale really quickly. Some people are like, how can I get my sale? I've been publishing for a while and so on and so forth. So over time he would continue to send me updates. And I think at one point, um, maybe asked for a little help. Hopefully I gave him some advice, but he is not a student. He was just a person who learned a lot from me apparently. And I mean, I'm not, I'm going to read his email that he just sent a couple of days ago. I'm not just peppering that in. He actually did learn from me. So Sam says this, I'll just read this email. The numbers are out. I feel so much happy about everything. Stats for 2020, taking to account. Okay, so in this is Doug talking, not in the email. Sam says, I made $200 in 2019. So in 2020, he made a total of $2,300. So $2,350, which is great. And he earned it from a variety of sources. So we got $1,250 from Amazon US. We have Amazon UK at 76 pounds and then Amazon Canada at $61, which is cool. And that, I guess that's Canadian dollars. He also earned 944 from AdSense. So a little less than half of the total was from AdSense and I guess Ezoic. He's noted Ezoic in here specifically. Um, so maybe he started with AdSense and now it's mostly Ezoic. Over the course of 2020, there were almost 100,000 visitors to the site and there were 156,000 page views. So Sam says this, my plan for this year is to publish over 200 articles. I'll be starting with the month of March with 50 blog posts that month. Also, I'm going to change my hosting provider and WordPress theme to a very fast and secure one. So I'm on top of the game. I'll also buy Amalinks Pro and see if my affiliate earnings will increase. Also, he says, in general, I'll do everything possible to grow my site. My goal is to make $1,000 per month from the site in eight months time. I hope you're staying safe. Thanks for everything. I've learned so much from your channel, which I really appreciate. So thanks, Sam. I mean, obviously you did all the hard work, but I guess I, I did put out a lot of videos that you watched. And this is a great example. I didn't even know it was gonna work out this well. So Sam says, I want to make $1,000 per month in eight months time. So that's cool. It's uh, specific. There's a time frame around it. All that's great. But then he broke it down into smaller steps, basically publishing a shitload of content. I think that's a great way to go. And then he's also looking at some of the 
infrastructure kind of stuff like the hosting, the WordPress theme, and looking at, you know, optimizing. And that's with Amalinks Pro. And there's a strong chance, you know, if you're only using uh, text links or just, I guess, lower quality, smaller images, you may actually see a pretty significant bump from Amalinks Pro for which I am an affiliate. So I get a commission if you buy it, but I appreciate it if you do. And I know the the guys personally that put together and created that theme, not theme, uh, plugin. It's a great plugin and I use it on actually most of my sites currently. I'm using Lasso on another one just to test it out. And, you know, I think if you get either Lasso or Amalinks Pro, you're going to be in good shape. And depending on the number of sites that you are wanting to use those plugins on, Amalinks Pro may be a lot cheaper, like over time versus Lasso. But it depends on how many sites you have and exactly what you're looking for. So thanks, Sam. Keep up the great work. Keep sending me updates. And I think it's a great example of, you know, starting slow, slowly growing. And I mean, just really grinding it out over time. I don't know the resources or investment or actually, I don't know anything else about Sam other than, you know, some of these emails where he's typically just said, Hey, I've earned this much. Here's what's going on. So let's get to a couple of the other questions here. So next is from Marty. So (laughs) this one's kind of funny. The subject line is odd as Dick's hat. And I didn't know what the fuck that meant. All right. I have no idea. And I thought, well, Marty's just trying to get my attention that, you know, that gets my attention. Put dicks in the subject line. I'm going to open it. All right. I'm just kidding. I, I, actually, I probably would, you know, I probably would. I could tell it was a, it was a normal kind of, um, email. Let me just read, read the, um, email from, from Marty. And then I'll get back to the expression there. There's a story. All right. Good morning. I've been reading your materials for years and is packed with great information. Thank you for all you shared. We've been hit hard by COVID. We've been in business for 25 years and over the last 10 months, our clients have all closed or opened in a very limited capacity. We're frustrated. We're entering a new niche, which I won't mention specifically, but I'll say it's some sort of like corporate professional kind of training. We have over 25 years experience in the training and development space. So how do we get started using any one of your proven techniques to make some progress and money? And they have a site that uh, they're putting some content on and they need to help people find it. Can you help? If not, I understand. Thank you in advance. And thank you in advance, Marty. P.S. Not sure if you know of Odd as Dick's Hat. It's a line a friend of mine uses when something is very strange. 2020 is the definition of Odd as Dick's Hat. So uh, everyone Google that because you'll find um, information. In fact, there's an Economist article out there, but it's a paid site. So you can read like the, the intro. I'm, I'm not, a, I don't subscribe to economist, but if, if you look, it's actually a expression that is you. I'm not sure the origin. I didn't go down the full rabbit hole, but there are many different uh, 
variations of it. And it's just a slang to say, hey, that's a really weird thing. Some people call it as odd as Dick's head, hat band, hat band, which, you know, people don't usually say hat band. So this whole thing is just a weird expression. And if you've heard it or you, you know people that use it, shoot me an email, feedback at Doug.show. It's a new one for me. In fact, I wasn't even sure if I was going to mention it because I thought, hey, this could be a really dirty expression. It sounds dirty, but it's not um, It's not dick in a uh, like a cuss word usage. It's dick as the person's name. All right. So get your head out of the gutter, everybody. Okay. Here's the answer to the question. I rep- we had a little back and forth. So I, I told him, I haven't heard of that expression. <laughs> I don't know what that is. So the specific question that Marty asks is, how do we get started using any one of your proven techniques to make some progress and some money? I say, you just get started. Publish content on the blog, podcast, and YouTube. I recommend starting an email list so that you can communicate with your audience directly. But the real question is, what's your plan? What have you tried? What worked? What didn't work? What are you selling? Training? Is this the same training that you were selling before? How did you sell it then? When do you think the COVID impact will lighten up? This could be a good podcast episode once you get back to me and give me more specific examples. Marty replied back, thanks. I really appreciate you replying. It's a strange time and so few people reply to email, so I appreciate it. We're re- brand new in this space. We've answered many RFPs that were posted online by municipalities and nonprofit orgs, and we haven't been awarded any projects yet. The training would be the same as the proven methodology we used before, which seems fine. And how we sold before is that people would call us, and they've had a lot of success doing that in specific industries. And so far, they're just getting started, so they haven't tried anything. They found a couple of longer tail keywords that we think could work, and that's why we purchased the domain. And I know we need to get content out. So I think I replied back one more time, and basically, I mentioned that it was a nice pivot, and it's basically outside of my expertise, dealing with big organizations, answering RFPs, and you know, training in general in that capacity. So the big thing is it it didn't sound like there was a a good solid plan as far as content. At least you haven't created that yet. I think going after the long tail keywords that are somewhat related could be helpful, but I have a hunch based on your previous sales where you said people would just call you I suspect you should probably investigate if those were referrals in some capacity, were HR reps talking to each other at some HR conference, and they said, oh, who do you use for this specific kind of training? And they referred your name over, and that's how you got the business. I have a feeling that an HR director or vice president who would be in the position to hire your company to do that kind of training, then they're probably not Googling those long tail keywords. I have a, I have a hunch 
again, that's way outside of my world. I never worked in HR, but I have a hunch there's probably a lot of referrals and word of mouth happening. So when when I go back to the original question, you know, what what tech, techniques can you use to make some progress and money? I mean, basically all, all the businesses are going to boil down to find people with a problem, solve the problem for people and then charge them for it, which I said in the email back is not helpful. That is clearly not helpful. That is the definition of, you know, a, a service-based business. And I mean, we see them pop up around many industries. We could look at, you know, the sponsor for this segment, Niche Website Builders. They saw, hey, there's a huge need for content out there. There's a need for, you know, link building and skyscraper campaigns that people can trust. And why don't we, why don't we do something with that? So they, they created their agency. They started selling it on a small scale and they grew from there. So when I step back and I try and give more helpful advice, (laughs) I suspect that Marty will have the best luck with probably something like LinkedIn marketing and podcasting along with blogging. And again, it's really outside my area of expertise, but I suspect that LinkedIn is probably an area where HR folks that would hire a company to do the kind of training that you guys would do they're probably active on LinkedIn, which for me is sort of devolving into a Facebook-like experience where there's just you know so many people that are trying to connect. And then when I connect with someone that looks like a, a, a good person, a good contact to have in my network, they try to hit me up to sell me something like right away, which is kind of strange, you know? There should be a little bit more communication, maybe not asking me to do something for them right off the bat. Because usually I just mark them as, I I like block them, kick them out of my network. I'm not looking for anything specific. Next question. This one's from Josh. So Josh says, I'm a keen follower, follower of your Spotify podcast, which I listen to almost daily at the moment on the way to work. I'm learning every day. Awesome. Thanks for the support, Josh. I currently have an affiliate business based through email marketing and social media. Josh has about 110 followers on Facebook, but no website. Josh has no website. All right. This is kind of cool. I haven't heard this business model um, sort of in in a big way, right? I don't know how much he's making. Maybe he tells us here. It's currently under development and will launch in March. That's the website. And it will be my second WordPress business after one that I sold back in 2019 before I knew anything about keyword research or backlinks. And because there is established traffic over the 16 months heading into this domain, I should... Plus, I should have a predicted 200 to 300 hits per day through my social channels. Would you recommend sticking to the same KGR ratios as a new site or should I take a different approach? Will this domain have immediate authority once we start producing content? Any suggestions for the strategy? And yeah, good question. Overall, the shorter answer is you can experiment a little bit with a KGR. That's the dirty secret that I don't mention too often. I give a very strict and direct definition and formula for the KGR, 
with the maximum search volume of 250 just because I got to keep it simple. I can't throw like a million caveats into the situation or it's hard to use, it's confusing, and then people don't know what to do. Your site may not necessarily have more, quote, authority as soon as you start producing content. But the fact is, if you're able to get traffic to the site via social media, there's a strong chance Google will shorten the sandbox. I mentioned my website that I started back in late July, early August. Basically, I'm struggling to get much traffic at all. And I bet if I had another channel, a social media channel, for example, to push traffic over there, it would make a big difference. So I'm not saying that if you go way outside the KGR ratios, that that's going to work the same as if you stuck to it, but you may as well experiment. And I recommend maybe you do 20 posts where you stick to the KGR exactly. And maybe you do another 20 posts where you experiment with a couple different ranges. I wouldn't be too random for the data that you're trying to collect for your specific site, but you should have some other keywords on there anyway. So you can sort of see how they react and you can pay attention. Are certain posts ranking better and faster because you are sending traffic from your social channels? And if so, then I guess you you figured out the uh, relationship there. Josh, I'll be sending you an email because I'm curious about your business model where you built this through social media on Facebook versus a website. I think both working together is a great approach, which you're coming around to, but it's pretty cool that you were able to build that many followers on Facebook. And I I don't know how much you're making, but it's pretty cool. And I think, I think other people would want to hear about it too. So I'm going to shoot you an email. Hopefully you can share. Maybe we'll have you on the show. And that would be very exciting. Very exciting. All right. I think that covers most of it for today. I have another note, which I think it would just end up with me complaining a little bit. But yeah, we'll skip that. We'll skip that one. There's no need to hear me complaining. I think Georgie needs to go out for a walk here. So we'll catch you on the next episode and would love to get an email from you. If you have a question or a story to share, feedback at Doug.show, and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to The Doug Show. I really do appreciate it. I mean, I'm just sitting here on my computer recording stuff, and uh, you're listening to it, and I think that's awesome. I want to let you know about some courses that I have. First is Multi-Profit Site. It's a step-by-step framework to start a site, beginning at keyword research and competition analysis, and we move into publishing content, outsourcing, and promoting the website. And it even goes deeper into creating an email list, using it for marketing, of course, and making more money, and even selling your site. Now, if you already have a site and you're looking to grow it, i.e. get more traffic and get more revenue, then check out Site Growth Plan which helps you assess where your site is currently, execute a gap analysis so you know what you need to work on and in what order. It'll help you prioritize and execute in the most efficient way. 
Next is Haro link building, and that shows you how to get started and get White Hat links with media outlets at virtually no cost. Well, other than your time. Yes, your time is very valuable, but these links are great and even Google can't ignore them. They can't help but like it. The course teaches you the basics of Haro, how to submit pitches to media outlets that are actually requesting them, plus how you can outsource the whole process and put it on autopilot. One of the units even covers how to turn the process upside down and using Haro as a reporter yourself. The reverse Haro technique helped me land some amazing backlinks in even less time than I thought was possible. You can go to courses.nichesiteproject.com to see the course offerings and some other things that I'm working on that helps support this podcast and feed Georgie the Border Collie. And it does help pay for some delicious craft beers, and that's for me. If you are not signed up for the Niche Site Project email list, well, you're in luck. All you have to do is go to nichesiteproject.com, click the green button, enter your name and email address, and I'll send you a bunch of cool stuff about affiliate marketing, productivity, including all my templates.